Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. The smart grid has the potential to radically transform society and the nature of electricity distribution. Here in the States, the term was officially, first officially codified in 2007 with the Energy Independence and Security Act. Amongst other things, it mentions that one, increased use of digital information and controls technology to improve reliability, security, and efficiency of the electric grid, two, dynamic optimization of grid operations and resources with full cybersecurity, and three, deployment and integration of distributed resources and generation, including renewable resources. But many feel that a successful smart grid rollout needs to be not only sustainable, but beneficial to all members of society equitably. And just recently, the National Science Foundation awarded two grants totaling $6.3 million to the University of Massachusetts at Amherst to help ensure that equitable distribution. On the line, we've got Dr. Matthew A. Lackner, a professor of mechanical and industrial engineering over at UMass Amherst. So, Dr. Lackner, thanks for joining us. And as your press release mentioned, the equitable distribution of electricity is, is rarely mentioned in policymaking or, or public discourse or, or, or in our industry, really. Uh, why do you think that is, and just how serious a problem is it? Well, hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, inequalities arise um, in many places in the electricity system. Um, an obvious one is uh, air pollution. Uh, in general, poor communities tend to live closer to coal-fired power plants, natural gas facilities, and suffer greater um, health impacts because of that. Um, black people have the highest mortality of any race due to particulate matter air pollution from electricity generation in the U.S. So um, that's a, a major source of inequality in the energy system and electricity system. Um, another example is actually the Federal Investment Tax Credit, uh, which is a solar subsidy. Um, it decreases costs by up to uh, about 30% um, on solar projects, but only either corporate entities or homeowners with sufficient tax liability can benefit from that. Um, you know, in general, low-income households have the highest energy burden in terms of the percent of their income spent on energy bills, and they're most likely um, to experience utility shutoffs because of unpaid bills. Um, so there's a lot of ways in which um, inequality can arise in the uh, electricity system. Um, as for why, uh, that's not really my area of expertise. You know, I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer, but I, I guess there's a lot of factors. Um, I think with respect to pollution, uh, it, it at least partially has to relate to, you know, political power and influence and money. Um, with respect to the solar subsidies, I think there that the policy doesn't intentionally promote inequality, but instead policymakers probably didn't take into account any equity implications when, when actually making the policy. Um, and so if these ideas are in the forefront of policymakers' minds when they're actually making policy, maybe they'll, they'll come up with policies that um, uh, distribute benefits uh, more widely and give um, a wider swath of people you know, the opportunity to, um, to benefit. Right. Well, okay, let's, let's step back for a moment. Right now, we're all dealing with the social, economic, and most importantly, the human impact of COVID-19. Uh, what, what impact has, has that had specifically on the rollout of the smart grid so far? Um, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, from what I can tell, there's been some delays in renewable energy projects being um, commissioned and, and installed uh, over the past six months or so. Um, but I don't think it's going to have any sort of long-term impact on the momentum to develop renewable energy resources. Um, and actually, in, in Europe and, and other places, uh, many of the recovery plans um, put a big focus on investment in green infrastructure. So it may actually accelerate um, the transition of the electricity system in the long run. 
Um, another impact was, you know, there was a huge decrease in traffic and air quality actually uh, improved in many places. And there's the potential that people um, realize how uh, much they prefer clean air, um, which will push uh, for, for more um, changes in energy policy and electricity uh, becoming more renewable. Um, and actually just the other day, even BP released a re report suggesting that um, we may have already passed peak oil uh, and that oil demand will never recover. Instead, will decline uh, sharply going forward. Um, so I think I, I think in general we're going to just continue to see the electricity grid transforming with more and more renewables and storage and less fossil fuels. Um, and the question then is how quickly that happens. Right, right. That that was a fortunate accident. Everybody's inside, leading to reduced pollution. Uh, one of the only good things to come out of of this uh, this pandemic. But yeah, also it's a very very tiny silver lining. I agree. Right, right. Well, also in the press release, Anna Goldstein, the director of the UMass Amherst Energy Transition Initiative, mentioned that, quote, the U.S. is facing overlapping crises of climate change, global pandemic, and system inequality, uh, systemic inequality. As we move forward toward a low-carbon energy system, we need to be intentional about creating, about righting the injustices in our current energy system while also supporting job creation and economic recovery. So, if we could focus on the first aspect mentioned, how has climate change underlined the need for an equitable smart grid? Yeah. So, I mean, to tackle climate change, we have to have a low-carbon electricity system that's primarily powered by uh, renewable energy resources and includes storage and, um, you know, other smart approaches to um, to dealing with the intermittency of uh, wind and solar and renewables. Um, so I think, you know, from a climate change perspective, we have to go low carbon in electricity, and we also have to electrify more and more things like heating and transportation. Um, but that raises the question, why does it have to be equitable? Um, I think an important reason why equity uh, needs to be um, included in this discussion is to get buy-in. Um, the Yellow Vest protests in France uh, over the past few years were a really perfect example of how a policy that was designed to fight climate change through taxes on uh, diesel, fuel, and gasoline um, uh, was inevitable or eventually uh, a failure because it, it um, really disproportionately affected poorer communities that lived um, outside the big cities and had to drive more and relied more on fossil fuels um, and it led to massive social unrest. So we actually viewed that as a, a really crystallizing example of how not to try to tackle climate change because it doesn't um, bring all members of society in to um, uh, you know, either bear the burdens equally or potentially benefit from um, the upside equally. Um, so along with just the ethical considerations of, you know, trying to promote equality, I think from a purely utilitarian perspective, if we care about fighting climate change, we need technologies and policies that um, create widely distributed benefits. Right. Now, now the, with the grant from the National Science Foundation, again, $6.3 million, What's the, what's the most important tangible result you hope to achieve? You know, quantify, if you could for me, what, what it means for the smart grid to benefit all members of society equitably. Um, I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, so our, our, our overall goal is for our, our students and faculty um, from across the campus uh, to work together to produce innovations that um, accelerate the energy transition uh, while also promoting equity um, and doing this all in the context of an uncertain climate with, you know, both supply and demand of energy changing over the coming decades. 
Um, I think in terms of our output uh, or our results, I think our, our most important output is just going to be our graduate students. Um, we're going to fund over 40 PhD students in this program. We're going to impact probably double that many graduate students who will participate in various aspects of the program. Um, these are going to be um, engineers, mechanical, industrial, civil, electrical engineers, climate scientists, economists, anthropologists, computer scientists. Um, and they're all going to be able to uh, talk to each other to understand how the electricity grid works from these uh, various perspectives. Um, and we're also going to be working with local communities and stakeholders. And so the goal is that these students will um, develop you know, innovative solutions that they can actually go out and impact the world um, and help uh, um, yeah, transition the electricity system uh, both equitably and efficiently. Excellent. That, that sounds great. Th thanks, Dr. Lackner. On uh, behalf of sure. PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy, and have a great day.